Well, it's really great, a great privilege and a blessing to be here at Southwest, one of the great missionary churches through the years that we've had the privilege of being sponsored by, partnered with. And, you know, you talked about Hillcrest Baptist Church. You've seen our pulpit there, haven't you? It looks almost exactly like this one here. And I knew where it came from when I got <laughs> what the idea for it. But we are certainly great. It's been great. And you've treated us well. You always have treated us well. And God has blessed Southwest. Uh, our founding pastor, Brother Bob Stewart, gave, gives a testimony or gave it uh, the fact that their church was a military church and very up and down with that. Difficulties, whole companies going out and such and until they got a heart for the souls of the world and for missions and faith promise. That's what stabilized the church. And they have a great church plant, but you know the main thing, they have a great church heart. The heart of Christ for lost souls around the world. And we're glad to be here today. And today, you know, uh, Friday night I brought a message about missed opportunity where they had the opportunity God was sending them in to start and claim the property that he was giving to them and how they, they failed, 10 of the men failed to really by faith do what God wanted because the opposition they saw was bigger than they were. But our opposition is never bigger than our God. Amen. And uh, today I have another one. I have opportunity knocks. And I'm going to be uh, bringing a message from a passage that's very popular, very well known. In fact, uh, the world, the world knows about it too. And, and so look with me, if you would, in 1 Samuel chapter 17. 1 Samuel 17, stand for the reading of God's Word. I'm going to read here beginning in verse 1 through 4 and then verses 8 through 10. Now the Philistines gathered together their armies to battle and were, were to gather together at Shoko, which belongeth to Judah, and pitched between Shoko and Zekah in Aphas Damon. And Saul and the men of Israel were gathered together and pitched by the valley of Elah and set the battle in array against the Philistines. And the Philistines stood on a mountain on the one side and Israel stood on a mountain on the other side, and there was a valley between them. And there went out a champion out of the camp of the Philistines named Goliath of Gath, whose height was six cubits and a span. That means he was approximately nine feet tall. Beginning verse 8 then. And he stood and cried unto the armies of Israel and said unto them, Why are ye come out to set your battle in array? Am not I a Philistine and ye servants to Saul? Choose you a man for you and let him come down to me. If he be able to fight with me and to kill me, then will we be your servants. But if I prevail against him and kill him, then shall ye be our servants and service. And the Philistine said, I defy the ar armies of Israel this day. Give me a man that we may fight together. Let's look to the Lord in prayer. 
Our Lord and God, we thank you that you are still a victorious God. That with you, nothing is impossible. Lord, we all have difficulties around us, problems. Maybe health, it may be uh, finances, it may be, you know, with our jobs or our families, God. But we're thankful today that you're greater than any difficulty any of us face. And God, that you are the victorious. And God, may you become victorious and greater in our hearts and lives today. And we thank you for your great power and your great victory and the great blessings of your salvation. We pray in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Even the world uses this analogy between uh, David and Goliath. I've heard it on many times. And uh, years ago, I was in a missions conference in, uh, in Houston. And one of the pastors was talking about wanting to take a missions trip and go down into Mexico and, and help a missionary down there. And privately, I talked to him later and I said, are you sure this is wise? You know, there's drug wars down there. It is some great dangers down there. And this pastor rebuked me and I thank you for it. He said, you know, if we expect our missionaries to go down there and do the work and set themselves under that dangers, should not we be willing to go as God leads and be a blessing to them and a help to them? Of course, I know, and sometimes we forget that the most secure place to be is in the center of God's will. I know of another Evangelists in the Middle East that went in to the Hamas, the, some of the most radical, vicious of the Palestinians, and went in. And he was a, a, a preacher of the gospel and went into them and, and told them, he said that, that Jesus Christ died for them, and that they could be saved. He put his life on the line. And you know, the Philistines, they, they accepted that. They let him go because they respected. They knew that it wasn't a message of hate. And praise God, we don't have a message of hate today. Amen. We have a message. You know, Christians, you may have difficulties and people oppose us sometimes. But I tell you what, we have a, a message of love to even our enemies. Amen. Praise God that we have that. Amen. Have that today. Now, this, the challenge here was serious. Uh, it was a challenge here, and uh, they, the Philistines were greater in number. In fact, if you look just back a few chapters, chapter 13 and verse 5, chapter 13 and verse 5, and the Philistines gathered themselves together to fight with Israel. 30,000 chariots and 6,000 horsemen and people as the sandwiches on the seashore in multitude. And they came up and pitched in Mishmash, eastward from Beth-Avon. And then also here, uh, they, I mean, they were fearful. The Israelis were fearful back then. Uh, you read here, for example, in uh, 
verses six and seven here. When the men of Israel saw that they were in the strait, for the people were distressed, <laughs> then the people did hide themselves in caves and in thickets and in rocks and in high places and in pits. And some of the Hebrews went over Jordan to the land of Gad and Gilead. As for Saul, he was yet in Gilgal and all the people followed him trembling. I mean, it was a dangerous thing. They were under the heel of the Philistines. The Philistines had, were already ruling over them. The fact that this Goliath, Goliath came and said these things, uh, it wasn't a fact of, oh, now we're going to start ruling over you and putting you down. They already had the rule. They'd already taken away even the Smiths from the, from the Israelis. At one point, only King Saul and his son Jonathan had a weapon because they just didn't have it. They had wanted to get a plow sharpened. They had to go over to the Philistines. Wow. I mean, they were under the heel. And the reason that they came and, and he, he gave this, he was really ridiculing. He was ridiculing the Israelis. He says, you don't have anything for us. But it was an opportunity. Right. It was an opportunity. Uh, he was so strong and so big and they were thinking, uh, I mean, probably King Saul should have been the one that he was the one that's a head taller than everybody else. But you don't see him speaking up. Uh, it was a problem. It was just a difficulty. They were looking. He's too big. I mean, he was a seasoned warrior. His weaponry and his armor was just so overwhelming that he just had the concept, nobody is able to fight against me. Right. I just want somebody that I can beat up and show that how great I am. And they, they, the military, the armies were saying he's too big to fight. I believe it's a good question. Maybe uh, David had the thought, he's too big to miss. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we need to look at God's perspective. Yeah. Look at God's perspective in this. You know, uh, when God is going to bless, he makes difficulties. When, whenever we're, somebody wants to become a bodybuilder, you've got to have something that gives resistance. True. We need resistance. We need to, to grow our faith. That's what grows our faith. Uh, I tell you, the missionaries this week have been such a blessing to my heart. And the, the faith that they have and the desire and the longing and, and the faithfulness of many of them. I thank God for that. Amen. Praise God that we can have this fellowship. But I tell you what, when he's going to bless, he makes difficulties. And when he wants to do something impossible, he gives an impossible problem. Right. And we have, the, you know, uh, my, my daughter and my son-in-law, he retired from the Air Force uh, last, actually the end of December was the end of his duty. Came back the beginning of November looking for a, a church, looking for a ministry. And uh, really they have a heart to serve God. Amen. And they have been without a job now since November 1st. He's got his retirement. Uh, but anyway, they're coming in this and it's been up and down, been some difficult things. But along the way, I mean, one time they got a, uh, money from a source. They don't even know who it is. 
They gave them $500. I mean, God's just moving different things to supply their needs. And because they're not with their regular income, they had been personally supporting uh, two missionaries, one in Germany and one in Romania. And so the last month or so, they they just been sort of holding back. And I guess three uh, weeks ago, they got an email from somebody they hadn't had contact with for eight years. And they had done a Bible center. They were stationed up in Montana. And they'd had contact with this. And they didn't part on really good terms. Because the way that this lady was going. And, and my daughter, sort of like my wife, don't ask them a question if you don't want an answer. Because <laughs> she tells it like it is. And so they didn't part on really good terms. But they could... I, would you say, I, she, I think she's following her on Facebook or something, but she says, Get, I need a physical address for you. And so she sent her a question. We didn't know what it was. She wanted to be a blessing. And that lady sent uh, a check by Overnight Express three weeks ago. And it was this last week when Rebecca got rebuked in her own personal life, in her prayer life, that she has not been faithful in giving. And so she sent the, wrote the check out, sent an excuse to let them know that she sent the money. Five minutes later, this overnight letter came after she'd committed to do what God laid her heart upon. And, and you know what? There was, uh, it was a large check. It was blown her away. But I tell you what, God's got your address. You do what God wants you to do. God's got your address. God's got the address of Southwest Baptist Church. <laughs> Praise God. He knows the need. He knows where we are. He knows where we live. And with God, nothing is impossible. Coming back here. You know, God gave... Uh, God gave some wonderful promises to Israel and he gives some wonderful promises to us. In Deuteronomy 11 and verse 24 and 25, every place where on the soles of your feet shall tread shall be yours. From the wilderness and Lebanon, from the river, the river Euphrates, even unto the uttermost sea shall, be, shall your coast be. There shall no man be able to stand before you. For the Lord your God shall lay the fear of you and the dread of you upon all the land that ye shall tread upon as he has said unto you. God, you know, you plus God are always the majority. It doesn't matter how many here. Uh, Christ has given us as our churches uh, a commission to go into all the world and preach the gospel. This is so central. This, you know, this is not the right arm of the church. It's the heart of the church. It's the heart of God. For God so loved the world that he, uh, you know, he gave a son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Man, that's the heart. And, and some people may think that you're fanatical, you're whatever uh, about this. But I tell you what, 
Christ was pretty fanatical about us when he went to the cross of Calvary. I mean, he gave it all and he's paid for it all. And we need to give God what he paid for. It is our reasonable service to give to God because he's, he's done it all for us. So he comes here and we have a commission. Uh, we, you know, we are always in the minority. Christ said that the way to hell is broad and many are they that go there. And the way to, to heaven is narrow. And he is the way, the truth and the life. Our salvation is not a church plus Christ. It's Jesus Christ. No church died for us. It was a personal savior that laid down his life and was nailed to that tree, poured out his life's blood and says, come unto me all ye that are weary and heavy laden and I will give you rest. Praise God, we can't take the gospel to the wrong person. He's there for everybody. So we've got a job. We've got a job to finish. Do all things. Take, go into the end of the earth. And so we, we are outnumbered. Muslims are on the march. Atheists, Buddhists, uh, spectrums of religion are advancing, attacking anything that calls themselves Christian. We need to be in prayer for our missionaries because on the front line, it's dangerous. You know, we all know the 9-11 with the attack over that. Some of those ones that were doing the attacking were in Germany. That's right. <laughs> you never, there was a bomb that was set in our, our train station, the Bonhoeff. It didn't go off, praise God, but it was just, they were trying to. Wow. But I tell you what, with the dangers of that, you serve God, God can take care of you. God can protect you. And if he allows you to be killed for the Lord, praise God. Going home to the Lord is worthy and a great thing. Christ commands us to take his gospel to every creature. Second Peter 3, 9, God's word tells us that the Lord is not slack concerning his promise as some men count slackness, but is long suffering to us word, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. And part of salvation is a very positive part. God has a wonderful salvation for everyone. But a necessary key in that is that we come to repentance. True repentance, turning. We are sinful people until we come and kneel at the cross of Jesus Christ and accept Him as our Lord and Savior and turn from a life of sin. There is no salvation. We must come God's way to accept God's wonderful salvation. Amen. You know, Satan doesn't mind if we profess to be Christ's children just as long as we are not bold and, and live it. In fact, Satan will use lukewarm Christians right. more than anything else probably to hinder the gospel. God wants us to not be lukewarm, but to be burning in our desire to serve Him. We need to be bold for the Lord. In Proverbs 20. 8 and verse 1, the word of God says, The wicked flee when no man pursueth, but the righteous are bold as a lion. Yes, we need to be bold for the Lord. Christ wrote also in Romans 8, beginning in verse 37, Nay, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death 
nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor death, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Yes, we are more than conquerors. And we need, and by the way, that's the reason we need daily to be in the Word, to be in prayer, to be claiming that. God, we don't know what we're going to face every day, but believe me, there are opportunities every day to be a faithful and bold Christian today. Uh, I tell you, fear is not of God. There are dangers. We need to be careful about things. Uh, many of our, uh, some of the people in Germany were uh, very uh, hesitant about us coming to America because you have much higher rates basically here than we have in Germany for the COVID. But I'll tell you what, I'm glad to see churches that aren't afraid Amen. to serve God. Amen. And come in, and in fact, we were in one church since we've been back where they had stopped having their Sunday evening service. And because I was coming there and I could only be with them on a Sunday night, they started having services because I was there. They had a good turnout. There was a joyous service. It was a victorious thing. Praise God, let's get back to serving God. Putting Him first in our lives and not being uh, fearful. Yes, we have a great things. We need to be proactive. There's difficulties. Don't grab an excuse. Grab a shovel. We got work to do. We got things that need to be done. And we need to be about our Father's business. Goliath's facts broke of assured victory. Nine foot tall, very a great army from his childhood. His armor was massive as his weapon were. And so uh, Goliath was a seasoned warrior. And in verse eight here, we have a, a great uh, insult. And he stood and cried unto the armies of Israel and said unto them, why be ye come out to set your battle in array. Am not I a Philistine and ye servants to Saul? Choose you this day for a man for you to let him come down to me. Of course, he made a big mistake in calling them their servants of Saul. I tell you, being servants of God is so much higher than being a servant of any king or any individual. And he let God out of the equation. And I tell you, you look at what you're going on in your life and the dangers there are. Always ask, where's God in this? What is going to give God the honor? What is, you know, we here to honor and glorify our Savior. I believe that uh, in what the godly answer beginning in verse 34 here. From, and David said to Saul, thy servant kept his father's sheep. And there came a lion and a bear and took a lamb out of the flock. And I went out after him and smote him and delivered it out of his mouth. And when he rose against me, I caught him by his beard and smote him and slew him. Now David was the youngest of his brothers. And for many years I thought that his father put him in charge of the sheep because he was the youngest. But pastor, I really don't believe that today. His father knew his heart. A shepherd could come and you've got a whole flock here. 
And, and that one day, a bear came and took one of the lambs. He might have thought in his mind, you know, uh, they'll never know how many lambs are here. Mm. Nobody's going to know, except he'd know it. That's right. And God would know it. He, he could have said, well, boy, if I go out and fight this bear or fight this lion, right. I could get killed and then all the sheep would be without a shepherd. I mean, that's some logic. You know, Satan can give us excuses to not do what's, got, what's right. But I believe his father knew his heart for the sheep. They were under his responsibility. And he went out there and he fought that bear. And he fought that lion on another day, I believe. And, you know, I don't think he came home and says, you know, I'm so glad I got to fight that bear today. Wasn't that great to just go out and fight that bear or fight that lion? No, he was tethered. He was worn out. It was dangerous. And you know, some of the times we have in our daily lives, we, we face problems, difficulties. It may be at the job, whatever it is our health is. Uh, I know that when I was in the hospital all those times, I was recorded by... Uh, and I, I really despaired of life at one point. And the doctors did too. They thought that they couldn't do anymore. But I was so much, I said, told Sandy one time, let me just die. I says, you'll, you'll be better off. I'm just not going to be able to do anything. I'm just, I lost 44 pounds. I was down and had 26 operated. Anyway, I was ready to, but you know what? God took care of me. God moved a doctor from another hospital to say, and register, and say, you know, I think I can help him. Good. Took me over the next day, operated me, and as you can tell, God's still got a purpose. You know, I don't care how old you are, how weak you are, how sick you might be, if you've got breath, God's got a purpose for you. Yeah. And we need to be about the Lord's business yeah. and, and go and claim the victory. Right. Uh, you know, without faith, it's impossible to please God. And we need to live by faith and not by fear and go forward and serve God. I believe David knew the promise of God that no man can stand before you. And when he comes out two times, he saw. And I believe that because he had faith in God and learned that God could give him the victory over the bear and over the lion, he was set up. To go against Goliath. You know? And, and th this is why our daily walk with God is the a, is a steps of our training. That was part of his training. To become a, able to stand up and to claim by faith that God is able to take care of, the, of this Goliath. Yes, he came and did this. And we, we start in that verses here. Uh, now, uh, verse 33, God's word says, And Saul said to David, Thou art not able to go against this Philistine. Now, also here in verse 28 through 38, you'll find opposition. When you stand up to do what God wants you to do, right. you will find opposition. No you know, if your life has no opposition anywhere, you're probably going the wrong way. Right. <laughs> opposition is part of life. And... Uh, Verse 34, coming on down here, is about how that he came and he took us and he fought that one, fought them and caught him by the beard. 
in verse 36, and thy, ser thy servant slew both the lion and the bear. And this uncircumcised Philistine shall be as one of them, seeing he hath defied the armies of the living God. He knew that it was much more than the army of Saul. Right. It's the armies of the living God. This is God's people. This is God's cause. And he was willing to go out and go against him. He had real energy. He had opposition. But part of the opposition, begin 28, his older brother. And Eliab, his oldest, his eldest brother, heard what he spake unto the men. And Eliab's anger was kindled against David. And he said, Why camest thou down hither? And with whom hast thou left those few sheep in the wilderness? I know thy pride and the naughtiness of thine heart, for thou art come down that thou mightest see the battle. Uh, you know, I'm sure that David had his problem with his pride. Don't we all? Sure. Yeah. David wasn't perfect. But I tell you what, you'll find criticism. Sandy's parents, my parents, both opposed us going to Germany. He opposed us even, my father even opposed me going to Bible school. But you see, we got to come down and say, face opposition and say, that's okay. By the way, one of the keys here in verse 30, well, let's read verse 29 and 30. And David said, what have I now done? Is there not a cause? And people, there is a cause for us today. World missions, whether it's our next door neighbor, whether it's going to another town, wherever it is, God puts you, he wants to use you. We have a ministry. It's a cause. And and then verse 30, the key thing, the first three, first five words, and he turned from him. You see, David could have stood there and fought with his older brother. Right. But the older brother wasn't the enemy. That's true. And you know, we, if Satan can get us fighting with each other, mm -hmm. he can keep us out of the battle. The battle is not in this church, it's out there. Amen. People, that, we need to not let ourselves be caught up with conflicts within the church and forget why we're here for. We have to get out and do the work of God. And you know, uh, he, he took his responsibility for his sheep and he was prepared to take the responsibility for this battle. You know, Satan is a defeated enemy. He's defeated. Jesus Christ said in John 12 and verse 31, now is the judgment of this world now shall the prince of this world be cast out. Right. Hebrews 2 and verse 14, 15, For as much then as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, he also himself likewise took part of the same, talking about Christ, that through death he might destroy him that had the power of death, that is the devil. And then verse 15, and deliver them who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. Satan likes to use fear to keep people from serving God and being saved. And you today, as you hear, you're here in the audience or on TV, whatever, and, and the call of Christ and the claim of Christ for your soul and to save you, there are fears that come into your mind. And I tell you right now, 
Don't let fear keep you in bondage. He has salvation for all. He invites everyone. And that's you individually. Need to turn your back on the fear and turn to the bondage breaker, Jesus Christ. Yeah. And then in Romans 16 and verse 28, the first part, and the God of peace shall bruise Satan under your feet shortly. You know, as we go forth by God, whether it's in Serbia or whether it's in South Africa or over in China or wherever it is, you can defeat Satan himself by the power and the word of God and the authority of God. We are to be victorious in him. We are more than conquerors. It is a hard battle, but we all know just who already has the victory. Our Savior, Jesus Christ. A hard battle. You know, you know, there's, okay, it's hard to go against your fears, to go against what everybody else wants you to do. It's, it's not easy for people. There's pride, there's problems all involved in that. But I tell you what, that's one heart. When you fail to turn your back on your fears and this world and all the problems, you're going to end up for God and be cast into a lake of fire for all eternity. Believe me, that's much harder. Choose your heart today. Go God's way, serve God God's way, or pay the price later. We need to come and choose God's heart and be the discipline and go out and do what God wants us to do. You know, His overcoming power and victory is given unto us. In Luke 10, 18 and 19, Christ said, and He said unto them, I beheld Satan as lightning fall from heaven. Behold, I give unto you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means hurt you. You know, this world is powerless against God. God's victory, God's blessings here. Nothing in this world can defeat us as we obey and serve our Savior. The worst they can do is send us to heaven. And I tell you what, that's not bad. The best is yet to come. Praise God. Going to heaven, dying is a victorious home going. Praise God for the child of God. Yes, we can come. They got the victory. Reading here also verses 50 in our text in 1 Samuel 17. In verse 50. So David prevailed over the Philistine with a sling and a stone and smote the Philistine. And slew him, but there was no sword in the hand of David. Therefore David ran and stood upon the Philistine and took his sword and drew it out of the sheath thereof and slew him and cut off his head therewith. And when the Philistines saw their champion was dead, they fled. And the men of Israel of Judah arose and shouted and pursued the Philistines until thou come into the valley and to the gates of Ekron. And the, the wounded of the Philistines fell down by the way of Sharim, even into Gath and to Ekron. And the children of Israel turned, returned and chasing from chasing the Philistines and spoiled their tents. And David took the head of the Philistine and brought it to Jerusalem and he put his armor in his tent. People, this one, a young shepherd boy, standing up and seeing the opportunity. Here, this, this Philistine said, you give me someone that kills me, we'll be your servants. 
Opportunity knocks. You look at your difficulties, your problems, that's the opportunity. You see that person, you might see somebody and say, boy, I can't love him. No, but I tell you what, Jesus Christ loves him. He died for them all. You can come and say, Jesus, love that person through me. And we can love our enemies in the love of Christ and the power of Christ. It's opportunities to really show forth the power and the strength of God. The only reason that our Lord sustained Sandy and me in Germany is because we are determined to faithfully promote the cause of Christ around the world. And someday we may leave Germany because of age or whatever. But I tell you, we're not going to leave serving God. God God's got a purpose in our lives. And I tell you, we do not ever plan to reach. Our retirement's out of sight, people. One of these days, maybe today, God's going to call us home. Praise God. We're looking for the upper taker today, not the undertaker. And I tell you what, I want to be found faithful when he takes me home. I want to be glorifying our Savior. How is it with your life? If you're here without Jesus Christ, I tell you, you don't have to live in defeat. Sin doesn't have to rule over your life. Turn from your sin. Repent. Receive the Lord Jesus Christ. I remember visiting and when I, I first went to Germany, there was an American military church without a pastor. and They asked me to pastor the church to temporarily to help them get a pastor out of America. I agreed to that until I found out how hard it was to get a pastor from America to come to Germany. <laughs> but God provided. But in the 10 years we were there, we saw so many souls saved. 45 baptized Four men surrendered ministry. I tell you what, but one time I was out on visitation and it was an old man out of Tennessee. Not an old man. For me, it was old at that time. He was probably about 40, you know, really old man. (laughs) And his wife had been praying for him. And I got to deal with him. He bowed his head, weeping and received the Lord as his Savior. And he said, you know, I'd heard all my life about people getting saved, getting changed. And I thought it'd never come to me. And maybe that's what you think today. But I tell you what, it's up to It's in your hands. It's in your heart. Put away the fears of this world. I tell you, that's what Satan used. And turn to the Savior. Because he's abundantly paid the price for you personally. Amen. If we go to, I got one song I've heard lately. It says, if I get lost, I can't blame, I can't blame the preachers because they've been telling me the truth. Can't blame the church. They've been all the years working at one. I can't blame my family. I can't blame anybody but me. And when we stand before God, you can have these problems with different people, whatever your experience I tell you what, when you get to hell, you wish you hadn't used those excuses. But you come and give your heart to the Lord. He loves you. He died for you. You wonder whether God loves you or not. Look to the cross of Calvary. He died for all. And he wants all to be saved. Let's stand look to the Lord in prayer. Our Lord and God, we come today. Thank you. Lord, 
we did, none of one of us deserve your wonderful salvation. We don't deserve the privilege of serving you. We certainly do not deserve the salvation that you paid for. But Lord, you want us all to have that. You want us all to follow you and to be blessed of you. And God, I pray you touch hearts today that they would put aside the fear and whatever habits or whatever they got, Lord, and realize that you have a great salvation. It's not a matter of our great faith, our faithfulness, no. It's a matter of our wickedness that we're willing to turn from to you. And God, I pray you would move people, Lord, that, that we'd all respond to that in your way and surrender our lives. There may be here ones that are considering, as I've talked to many this week, that are open to follow you as missionaries wherever you want them. God, you just guide and direct them. We've got plenty of room in Germany. God, I pray that you call, and Lord, that we would be moved by you and surrender to you and go by faith like David did against the Goliath and claim your victory and give you the glory. We pray in Christ's name. Amen.